Welcome to season two of the LaCoy Family Podcast. I hope that you'll enjoy some new adventures that we share in this season. We've had quite a break from season one to now. And if you haven't listened to season one, if you haven't read through the Bible, I encourage you to go and do that first. That is our foundation and our basis for everything that we do and our ministry together as a family. So read through the Bible first if you haven't done that. Everything that we do and say should point back to that, point back to God. So I hope that you'll go back and listen to that. But today we're starting season two and some exciting new adventures. We'll share several different things here, but one of the things I want to do is share some short and straight to the point discussions about things that are included in my new book. So we have some exciting news to share and much to be thankful for in that my book is available for pre-order as of today. And so I will put the link in the show notes to this podcast. So look for that and I hope that you'll order that and be blessed by reading it. One of the things that I wanted to do is to discuss some of the topics that are mentioned in the book and because of the fact that a book is limited to only so many words you can't discuss everything and you can go much deeper in discussions and in podcasts than you can with the book. So I hope to expand upon some of those ideas and things that are discussed in the book and that's what we're going to do today starting today. So we are going to talk today about the idea of diversity, equity, and inclusion. And this is something that you've probably heard of these DEI programs that have become very common in our society and have sprung up in various different businesses and organizations because we have this such a focus in our society today on diversity and equity and inclusion. And I was reminded about this topic yesterday because Heidi St. John shared a podcast. And if you haven't heard Heidi St. John's podcast, her Off the Bench podcast, I highly recommended it. But she had a podcast yesterday on this subject. And um, she has some great discussions on her podcast and this was one of them. And I recommend that you go check out her, um, her resources. She has a ministry called mom strong international and some great resources available as well. So check that out later on. I'll put that in the show notes for today too. But that got me started thinking about this idea of diversity, equity, and inclusion. And I wanted to talk about that because it's something that we, as a, as Parents of a child with special needs, we have talked about and thought about diversity, equity, and inclusion for years, really since our daughter was born. You always want your child to be included, and we were no different in that aspect, that we wanted our daughter to be included, and and so that's something that I would like to talk about today, and I hope you'll enjoy this discussion and thinking through this with me. So let's get started. So you may have noticed recently that a lot of tree trimming companies are out trimming trees and there's piles of branches along the roadside where we live of of branches that have been trimmed off of trees. And I know one of the reasons why is likely because as as we start to have experience freezes and precipitation, frozen rain and ice and snow, that that there is 
that that ice and snow can weigh down those branches. And if there are too many branches weighing down a tree, that it will break off. We recently had the most beautiful tree in our yard, which my husband and I planted probably, I don't know, 17 or 18 years ago. It's a beautiful Bradford pear tree. And it's my favorite tree that we have in our yard. And we probably didn't trim it as much as we should have over the years. And recently we had a little bit of a windstorm come up. And one of the main branches of that tree broke off. And I I drove into our yard one day and saw that this huge section of that beautiful tree had fallen off and was, you know, now on the ground. And there was a huge gaping hole there and just kind of gasped at the sight of that. And so recently I saw that there were some of our other trees that needed to be trimmed. And I just thought I'd, you know, do a little research. And so I pulled up some YouTube videos and learned about tree trimming. And of course, now I'm an expert. And so I went out and I started to do some tree trimming on my own. And as I was out kind of trimming our trees in our yard, I started thinking about this idea of, you know, cutting off the branches and started thinking about what the Bible says about, you know, branches being cut off and how we, how God prunes us in order, you know, to help us grow and started thinking about this idea of, of being pruned and, and in order to be healthy and how one of the videos that I had watched about tree trimming, it, it, it recommended that you cut off any of the branches that are pointing down. And so anything that is on, on the lower part of your tree that's pointing downward that it needed to be cut off. And so as I'm doing that and I'm cutting off these tree branches that are pointing downward, I'm thinking about this idea of being pruned and and also thinking about this idea of kind of cutting off relationships in our lives Um of people that drag us down and that hold us down or relationships that's, that hold us back and keep us from growing and being strong. And because I had, had written about kind of this topic in my book, I was thinking about this as I was trimming these tree branches. And I think the idea of inclusion, so how does inclusion go with tree trimming? That's, you know, you want me to get there, right? So the idea of inclusion and exclusion, one of the things that I write about is how sometimes we have a tendency towards self-exclusion and we have a tendency to cut people out of our lives. Um, some people have taken this to extremes and I think I'm, you know, I'm not talking about being easily offended and cutting everyone out of your life that, that, that doesn't agree with you. And that's not what I'm, that's not what I'm inferring or encouraging you to do. But, um, but you know, it's, it's common to talk about, especially among moms, homeschool moms, it's common to, to hear the phrase, find your tribe. And I think Jenny Allen has written a book, I think it's titled, Find Your People. So, you know, it's a very common thing to talk about. You find those people that you share common interests with or that you identify with, that believe the same things as you do, that are going the same direction as you. And that can be a very good thing. There can be very good aspects of finding a tribe of people, finding a group of people who have common interests, who have common goals, who can help you work towards those common goals. And I've found this to be true among families that have kids with unique needs that we have experienced some wonderful, deep relationships with friends that share, um, who also have a child with 
Down syndrome or with some other kind of unique need. And we have been able to share resources. We share uh, medical information. We share information about therapies or programs or things that have have benefited us or that might be helpful for us in, in raising up our kids and helping them to overcome different kinds of challenges that they struggle with. So these kinds of relationships can be wonderful and healthy and good and strong. And it's been such a blessing to have those friendships in my life. And I, I have friends that I just love dearly um, and I'm so thankful for those friends and for the relationship that we have and for what we share. But there, there is also, there can be this tendency to, um, to stay only connected with that group of people and and there can be a tendency for us to stay among a group of people and not kind of expand out to uh, you know and, and kind of exclude ourselves with with a small group of people who only think like we do um, or who only share common interests and this can be harmful obviously it can be to our own detriment and I was just thinking of kind of a silly example, maybe, but you know, if, if someone who struggles with alcoholism were to go to an AA meeting, an Alcoholics Anonymous meeting, and they go there, and the purpose of going to those meetings is to help you overcome alcoholism, to help you, you know, to, to overcome that, that habit pattern in your life. But if they instead went to that meeting and just found a buddy or two that they would then go out drinking with, um, that would totally defeat that purpose of that program. And so if they would exclude themselves, not go to the meetings, but instead, you know, just find, find those people who would share in their struggle of alcoholism and just accept the fact that, well, I'm an alcoholic and I always will be. And, and I'm just going to find some people who accept me for who I am and, and stay in that place with that sinful habit pattern. That would obviously not be healthy, be extremely unhealthy for them to do that. And we can, that's an extreme, obviously, um, but, but we can have that tendency in our lives to, to stay, with those people that are pulling us down, just like those tree branches. Here I go back to that analogy and tie that in. Um, just like those tree branches that point downwards and that weigh us down and that cause us to be unhealthy, there can be those relationships that that weigh us down, that keep us in sinful patterns or that keep us in those those groups of people who, you know, we like to be accepted for who we are. And, and there's it's something very important for us to differentiate there that we want to be accepted for who we are and it's important to be accepted and to be loved unconditionally and that is definitely something that we need to do is to demonstrate unconditional love to those around us but if we're becoming too comfortable with a habit pattern or with a behavior that is holding us back that is actually maybe a sinful behavior that we recognize in our lives, then sometimes it's, it's important to cut off those relationships, to distance ourselves from those things. Um, so that's something to, to consider. You know, I have a couple of questions at the end of one of the sections in my book. And the question is, do you find yourself spending time mostly with others who share the same struggles? 
And are these relationships healthy or do they allow you to remain in unhealthy habits? And I think that's something that applies to all of us, that we need to be careful that we're not just staying secluded in groups where, yes, we're accepted and we're loved for who we are, but it's allowing us to stay in a sinful habit pattern or behavior. Or it's it's allowing us to stay in a place where it's just not healthy for us because we're not being challenged to overcome the things that 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 we could overcome. And here's where, you know, there's definitely a difference between um, physiological or biological characteristics that we can't change. Okay, we can't change the color of our skin. We can't change whether we have Down syndrome or some other, you know, kinds of unique needs and and, um, different physiological aspects of ourselves that we can't change. Um, And it's important for us to be accepted and loved in spite of those things. But the things that we can change, the behaviors and the actions, the choices that we can change, that we need to change, that we need to overcome, those are things that we need to um, find people to help us to overcome those things, not stay in groups where we're just going to be allowed to, to, to continue in those harmful behaviors. And there was a Bible verse, as I was out trimming trees, there was a Bible verse that came to my mind that says, do not be deceived, bad company ruins good morals. And I think we can see this often, you know, with with young people. As parents, you can work hard to teach your kids good morals and good behavior and how to make good choices. But then if they start hanging around with a group of friends that is going to drag them into sinful behaviors, that bad company is going to corrupt their good morals. And that can happen with all of us. I saw this one time, you know, it it happens in different groups. It can happen commonly, you know, among women that maybe someone will um, complain or make a comment about her husband and then everybody all of a sudden starts in on husband bashing. And it can be common among women to, um, to engage in that kind of behavior where you just, you know, kind of ranting and, and about complaining about your husband or, or different things in life that if you have a group of friends that all you do is complain about your husband or complain about some other thing, you know, it it might not be the best thing. You might need to address that with those friends. You might need to change that behavior. That happened to me one time, even in a Bible study of, of women that there was a movie that had come out recently. And one of the main stars in the movie was a handsome, attractive man. And, and among these women in this Bible study, they began to discuss how attractive this young man was. And it became very uncomfortable for me because it felt like, a very lustful kind of discussion, and it was totally inappropriate for within the context of a Bible study, for sure. Um, so those kinds of things, I think we need to be very discerning. We need to be very careful that we're not allowing ourselves to be, to stay in a group of people that is weighing us down, that is causing us to be unhealthy. Um, because then, you know, we might have a whole section of our life that falls apart and breaks off like that whole section of the tree that fell apart and left this big, huge gaping hole. If we don't, if we don't cut it off, if we don't recognize it, if we don't put a stop to it, it's going to cause greater damage down the road. So I encourage you to think about that. 
So among families that have a child with special needs, the discussion of inclusion usually centers around a different aspect of inclusion and exclusion, and that is the aspect of wanting our kids to be included in an activity or in a group. And we experienced this when Abby was little, and we wanted her to be included in what they call a typical developing or regular classroom of kids that have, you know, typical development. We wanted her to be included among among those typical developing peers and found that to be a struggle in in various different schools and and programs that we tried to to have her in but there was one place that was different and after we had gone through several experiences of just working to have Abby be included in the typical programs the regular programs um we had almost kind of given up and she was only probably five or six years old at the time. And we were already kind of giving up on the idea that people were going to be willing and able to include her in their programs. But we took our son to summer camp and beautiful camp, Pine Cove. And at the end of the week, we saw what a wonderful program and what a great community of people it was. And my husband dared to approach one of the directors hesitant as he was, knowing that it probably was not very likely, but he dared to approach him and pointed to Abby and said, you know, this looks like a great camp. We would love to have our daughter go here. But with hesitancy in his voice, knowing that there probably wasn't a very likely option. But the director amazed us with his response. And it still brings tears to my eyes today that his response was to say, you know, we would love to have Abby come to camp. We have been talking about wanting to include people like Abby in our, in our program. And it was such a blessing to our family. And they went out of their way. They, they provided a counselor, a one-on-one counselor for Abby so that she could go to overnight camp there and went out of their way to include her in their program because they valued her because they saw that she had equal value and because not they weren't expecting to lower the standards of their camp. They wanted to raise the standard. They wanted to raise the bar in their camp and they saw the benefit that that would be achieved. They saw that there is something that they could achieve, something that was good and right, that, that diversifying their community by including someone with Down syndrome was a positive thing. And, you know, we find in, in Christianity, this is inherent within Christianity because the Bible tells us that we are all created in the image of God, that we all have equal value in God's sight that we are all eternal beings, that every person is an eternal being that is created in God's image and has equal worth and equal value. So there is this inclusion and diversity and equity that is inherent within a biblical worldview and within the Christian faith. And they saw that, they recognized that, they knew that it was right to include everyone, to include people with Down syndrome to include people with other kinds of unique needs. They saw that that was important for them to do. And it wasn't that they were lowering their standard at all, but they were raising the standard. And that's really what we're all trying to achieve with these DEI programs. We're really trying to achieve that standard that God has already put into place, that God has already 
given us this equal value and equal worth, and we just have to recognize it. And it's, it's, you know, regardless of what our physical characteristics are, I mean, God obviously loves diversity. (laughs) He has created us with all variety. Each of us is unique and has a variety of different physical characteristics. And no, no two of us are exactly alike. I mean, even, even identical twins have, have some differences, you know, and, and there, there aren't two of us that are exactly alike in every aspect of who we are. So God created us with diversity, but yet we have equity. We are all equal in worth and value, and we should all be included, and we are all included in God's invitation um, to, to join him in heaven and to be with him in heaven. And I mean, what an amazing thing that is. I can't imagine how beautiful heaven is going to be because all of this stuff that, that we're doing so incorrectly and that we're going about and doing in the wrong ways here on earth, it's all going to be done perfectly in heaven. <laughs> I look forward to that. So, you know, Pine Cove had it, had it right. They knew that, that it was a blessing to include Abby, and we were so blessed by that. We, God demonstrated his love through Pine Cove to our family, and they still demonstrate. And God still demonstrates his love to our family through Pine Cove every year, and, and we just love it. It's a great camp. You know, so, um, I, you know, I want to challenge you. I thought of this other example. You know, if, if, um, if you're an avid bike rider, and you like to go, say, five miles every day riding your bike. And that's your, your common bike ride. You go at a fast pace. You do five miles every day. You've found your tribe of people that, that you like to go bike riding with. And you ride with that same group of people. Now, what happens when you have a child and you want your child to learn how to ride a bike? And you want to share that love of bike riding with your child. Your child, at, when they're first learning to ride their bike, they're not going to be able to ride five miles and go at the same pace and go on the same route that you normally do with your friends. And you're going to have to change your patterns and your behaviors in order to be able to include that child in your bike ride. And you might find along the way, I don't know what the research is on this, but my guess is that in doing that and in including your child, that you're going you're gonna to maybe develop some different kinds of muscles, develop some different skills that you wouldn't have developed had you just continued on your regular five mile bike ride at the same pace with the same group of people. But when you diversify and when you include your child and you go a different route and you go at a different pace and for sure you're at least going to learn to develop patience and compassion and um, be able to develop maybe your teaching skills. Um, So there is benefit to including others and to drawing other people in and to adjusting our typical patterns of behavior to include people that are different than us. Galatians 5 talks about the fruit of the Holy Spirit and those are listed as love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And I have to say that those are some of the things that I think our family has been blessed 
to to grow in as a result of having Abby in our family. And those are some of the greatest blessings is how God has has helped us to develop some of those things. Not that we are have mastered them or or have achieved any particular level by any means, but but I can see how God has helped us grow in those areas and in those ways through having Abby in our family. We have people comment often to us about how mature our boys are, how Caleb and Luke are just mature in their understanding of the world and mature in the way that they respond to people and the patience that they exhibit, the self-control that they exhibit in so many ways. And people comment to us about that regularly. And it's something that I attribute to largely because they have a sister, they have a sibling who has Down syndrome and because of what they have learned from Abby having Down syndrome. And so it's a great blessing that God has brought into our lives for us to develop these, for God to help us to develop these um, these characteristics and these qualities in our lives of the fruit of the Holy Spirit in us. So I pray that that will be um, something that you too will, that God will, will grow in you as well as you expand and include other people and you consider ways that you can alter and adjust your behaviors to include people that maybe are a little bit different than you, that those, the fruit of the Holy Spirit will be something that will grow in your life as well. So I encourage you to consider that. Think about those things today as you're um, going about your Thanksgiving preparations. I pray that you'll have a wonderful Thanksgiving, hopefully spending time with your family, having some time to rest and just enjoy all the many blessings that God has given you in your life. And think about these things and then go pre-order my book. So have a great day. Thanks for listening.